Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now I see. Twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and grace my fears relieved. How precious did the grace appear the hour I first believed. My chains are gone, I've been set free, my God, my Savior has ransomed me, and like a flood, His mercy reigns, unending love, amazing grace. promised good to me his word my hope secures he will my shield and portion be as long as life endures my chains are gone, I've been set free. My God, my Savior, has ransomed me. And like a flood, His mercy reigns. Unending love, amazing grace. My chains are gone, I've been set free. My God, my Savior, has pressed me. And like a flood, His mercy reigns. Unending love, amazing grace. The earth shall soon dissolve like snow. The sun forbear to shine. But God who called me here below will be forever mine will be forever mine you are forever
Take your Bible this morning, turn to Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18. And what was funny is uh, I'll tell you a little story about this. When I was I was getting everything ready for my sermon this week, I've been making notes, and, and actually this was not what I was making notes on all week long. And I, I had actually been in a little further back in Luke with the with the the lepers. Y'all know the story. There was ten lepers, and and God Jesus healed all of them in one turn back. So I'd worked on that, worked on that, and so, uh, well, uh, Friday nights I I'll work on putting my 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 outline together so I make sure I got my 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 train of thought right. And well, I wrote down the wrong scripture. So all week long I had been looking at the right scripture, but I wrote down the wrong thing. And so I get in there and I pull it up and I've got everything and I'm looking at it. Well, what happened to my my my, my lepers? And, and and I got to in verse 35 where we went from lepers to a blind man. And I said, well, okay, well, let me go over here. So I started writing and I kept going back to this and coming back to this. And so I'm like, Lord, what are you trying to show me? And it kind of, it's kind of funny when you think about we're here talking about a man who's blind. And, and I'm like, God, what do you want to show me? And so he, he, he showed me something in this. So I said, okay, I'll put the lepers away for a little while. We'll come back to them. And so now we're going to talk about this man who was blind. It starts in verse 35 through 43. And it says, and it came to pass that as he had come nigh unto Jericho, a certain blind man sat by the way begging, and hearing the multitude pass by, he asked what it meant. And they told him that Jesus of Nazareth passed by, and he cried, saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And they that went before rebuked him that he should hold his peace. But he cried so much more, the son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood and commanded that he be brought unto him, and that when he was near, he asked him, saying, What will thou that I should do unto thee? And he said, Lord, that I may receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Receive thy sight, thy faith has saved thee. And immediately he received his sight, and he followed him, glorifying God, and all the people, when they saw it, gave praise unto him. And so, I, I guys, I read this story. I got there. I said, you know, Lord, there's so much here. And you've you got a man who, who he don't really know what's going on until he hears something. He's like, I want to, what is everybody so excited about? I don't understand. And so they tell him, hey, Jesus is coming. And the more I got to think about that, I said, how would a blind man who's a beggar who really can't get out into the world and, and anything, he, he's basically, it, it's not like they have news that he could listen to or anything like that. And every day he gets and he goes to the same spot because as he's blind, there's only so much he can do. He has to go with what he's comfortable and familiar with. And, and so he goes there and, and he hears about it's Jesus. So, you know, it amazes. It got to think about that. I said, you know what really is amazing? That in the world we live in today, even though it doesn't seem like it, everybody really kind of knows a little bit about Jesus. Or they should, because we shouldn't keep it quiet to ourselves. 
But the thing about it is today, I wonder if, if that blind man lived today, Jesus, would, would anybody even know about Jesus? Because do we live and go and tell and say the great things that he's done? Bible tells us that we're to make known to the heathen the great things that God does for us. And so here's a man who can't see. And, and so what does he do? I, I could just see him standing there and, and, and he can hear which way the crowd's coming and he starts to holler. He says, Jesus. And he tries to get his attention and evidently it must work. And Jesus, I like how it says, it didn't say that Jesus ran over to him. So he stopped and he stood and had the guy brought to him. So he, the guy comes to him and he says, what do you want me to do? And the guy says, hey, I want to be able to see. And I thought, I said, you know, that's the problem with today. There's a lot of people who don't want to see. We don't want to see the truth. We don't want to see it. We like to see it as we, we, we want to see it. We like to imagine things as we want to imagine. And I said, Lord, you know, I, I want to be like this man. I want to be able to see your glory, but so many times I'm blind because of the way I am. It, it's not so much, we don't know a lot about this. We don't know how this man was blind. Because you think there's been times in Scripture that told us there was a man, he was blind from birth. All we know is that this man was blinded. It could have been that he had seen before, and it could have been that, or he could have been born that way. We don't really know, but we know one thing, he couldn't see. And, and so he couldn't see the truth. You know, I think today there's so many of us today, we're blinded to the truth. We're blinded to the love of God. We're blinded to the grace of God. And for some of us, we're just blinded to ourselves. We don't see what's going on. We're like this blind man. And I, and I said, you know, Lord, it's like most of us, and I have to admit there's times that I'm blind too. And then I realize that a lot of times our blindness, where does it come from? It doesn't come from our eyes. It comes from our heart. <clears throat> In 1 John chapter 2, verse 11, John said this. He said, but he that hates his brother is in darkness and walketh in darkness and knoweth not where he goes because the darkness has blinded his eyes. And, and more I thought about that verse, I said, you know, there, there, you know, how can we love our brothers if, in, in a lot of sense if we don't even love ourselves? And that's one of the problems with a lot of people. We don't love ourselves. You know, as a child of God, God has truly blessed you. But how many of us want to sit and focus on the negative things of life? Does anybody besides me ever do that? You know, that, that, that we don't see the good things. We just talk about the negative things, you know. And, and, and we walk around like, like we have nothing to be happy, nothing to be content, nothing to be excited about. And, and we wonder why we don't get along with people. One, because we don't get along with ourselves. We don't say, God, thank you for the blessing. You're like, today, how many of you woke up in this wonderful weather that we're having and just had no aches or no pain? You know, I'll go ahead and tell you, you go, this in my house, it's strange. Julie hurts the day before a rain. I hurt the day after. And so the day I woke up and she looked at me, she says, what's wrong? I'm like, nothing, dear. I'm fine. She said, well, take something and in a little bit, you'll feel better. I'm like, well, okay. See, and one of the things is we all woke up this morning. We all play, and I could have sat there and complained about this hurts, that hurts, nothing's right in the world, the sun's not shining, somebody's breathing my oxygen, and just everything in the world has gone wrong. Let me ask you a question. Does that really 
let you see the world as God wants us to see it. When we're more focused on the negative things in our life, then we ought to be focused on the right thing. John said, if you hate your brother, then you don't love the Lord. And I'm like, how can we even notice our brother if we can't even get to the fact that we are a child of God, we are truly blessed, and God let you wake up this morning. You know, if we'd focus on the things of life that are, are right, and, and we, we wouldn't be like this blind man that sits there and don't get any, get any happiness or anything. We, we're too busy trying to feed the flesh and never being satisfied with the truth of God. And I, I realize, too, that, that blindness brings death. Listen to this. In Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, it says, Where there is no vision... Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Let me ask you a question. How's your vision this morning? What is it that you want to see God do in the church? What is it that you want to see God do, not only in the church, but in your own personal life? There should never be a point in your life that you come, that you become content with where you're at in life. You say, but old preacher, you don't understand. I, I've done this, I've done that. It does not matter. Until you take your last breath, you've been called to love the Lord God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul. But when we come content, we lose our vision. We say, well, everything's fine. I'm happy. And you realize that a lot of times you get... We were talking about it in Sunday school this morning. You get stuck in a rut. You get in your comfort zone. But what happens when something gets in your rut, gets in your comfort zone? <coughs> you can fall over it. You trip over it. You know, do all kinds of things. And you can get hurt. And here's the problem, church. If we as a church, we as a Christian, get to where we're not looking for what God's got in store for us, we will slowly start to die. And for some of us, it wouldn't be slowly. It'll be quickly. We said this morning in Saint School, you know, a lot of America is like one paycheck away from being homeless. A lot of Christians are one Sunday from being out of church. They're one day from not reading their Bible from being close to God. And Satan knows that. So let me ask you, how's your vision for your future? So I want to serve you. I might not be able to do it like I used to. I might not be able to do the things I used to. Well, let me tell you, a lot of things we used to do doesn't work anymore. You got to say, God, what do you want me to do now? What should I be doing? Should, should, Lord, I, I, I used to be able to teach, but maybe I can't do that anymore. Lord, I used to be able to sing. Maybe I can't do it. Well, what do you want me to do? See, when you quit asking, you quit seeking, you quit having vision. And the Bible says this plainly. Where there is no vision, the people perish and, and boy let me tell you satan loves it when it's a church full of blind people satan loves it when there's a christian who cannot see and love the lord god with all your heart with all your soul with all your mind and with all your strength as jesus said in matthew chapter 12 verse 30 that is the first commandment See, because blind people can't see the true power of God. You know, it's like this. Here, here's how it goes. And I found this out in my own life. 
you can't see the true power of God. The only time you see us when you really want something. You know, you, you, they got, you can't see them because of the storms. You can't see it because of the problems. Listen to this in 1 Samuel chapter 12, starting in verse 24. It says, only fear the Lord and serve him in truth with all your heart. For consider how great things he hath done for you. You know, when, when, when you, you're having problems, and I know everybody has them. I mean, if you don't, then you're a liar. And you need to be in the altar to start with. Because all of us have problems. All of us have burdens. All of us have heartaches. You know, and those might not even be about you. It might be somebody you love, but you don't know what to do, and that just consumes you. But let me ask a question. What do you do when that starts to become all you focus on? i give you an example of how a lot of us treat God. Ever walk through the house at night and stub your toe? Isn't it amazing how that little toe hitting something can get your full attention. See, that's the way it is in a lot of our pro life. When problems come up, it's like stubbing your toe. That's the only thing you focus on. The other day at work, I got an itty-bitty splinter in the side of my finger. Didn't know it until I touched that finger up against something. And that little piece of metal that you could not even feel felt like it was this big. And it, I was doing everything I could to get that thing out of my finger. I was ready to cut my finger off. It hurt so bad. And that was all I focused on. If I would have took my time, I could have really seen what I needed to do. But a lot of times we don't. We focus on the problem and we forget what God's done. Every once in a while you need to stop and say, Lord, I just remember what you've done for me the places you've brought me through, the prayers you've answered. Because if you're a child of God, there's not a time in your life God has not at least answered one prayer in your life. He has not brought you through some. If nothing else, focus, hey, he allowed me to wake up this morning. He allowed me to feel the pain in my body. He allowed me to realize that there's things going on. But we, we focus on that, and we're blinded to the truth of God's power. God is alive all around us. He might, might not be doing it exactly the way you want it, but God is still working in your life. See, our, our thing is we, we get upset when God doesn't do it the way we want. We play the, the, like Adam did. Lord, that woman you gave me caused me to do all this. Just because it didn't turn out the way you wanted it. How many of you have ever not gotten it the way you want then look back and go, and I'm glad I didn't get it the way that I wanted it? Because a lot of times the way I wanted it would have never worked. And God knew that. Focus on the great things he's done for you. See, the difference in seeing and being blind is understanding. Jesus talked to his disciples in Matthew chapter 13, starting in verse 13. He said, they, he, he said, they asked him, Lord, why do you do that? And he says, therefore I speak unto them in parables, because they seeing, see not. Hearing, they hear not. Neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Eliza, which saith, by hearing you shall hear, 
and shall not understand, and seeing you shall see and not perceive. He said, For the people's heart is wax gross, and their ears are dull in hearing. Their eyes have closed, least at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and should understand with their hearts and should be converted, and I should heal them. And he looked at his disciples and said, Blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears for you, for they hear. See, sometimes we just don't want to understand God. And it sounds like a parable. It sounds like something we don't quite grasp. But I'll go ahead and tell you, Christian, because somebody needs to hear this, that yes means yes and that no means no. See, a lot of us, a lot of times, we, we want it the way the flesh wants it. And when God says no, we still try to justify or rationalize while we do things. I mean, how many of you have ever done this? You've got a sin in your life, and you know it's wrong, but then you justify it. Well, at least I'm not as bad as so-and-so. At least I'm not doing this. Oh, I could be worse. But let me tell you, sin is sin. You need to listen to what God tells you. Quit trying to take what you know is right, know is wrong, justifying it to fit what you want. See, I've been guilty of that before. You ain't going to raise your hand, I'll raise it for you. So we become blinded to the truth because we don't want to hear the truth. I mean, has God ever gotten on to you about your praying? You said, but, well, preacher, I got so much going on, and I meant to, and I'm going to do this. And here's the first thing we'll say, the first lie of our lips starting tomorrow. I'm going to turn over a new leaf. You may have besides me ever done that. Tomorrow still ain't got here. You need to start right now. Our, our problem is we, we don't perceive what God wants us to do because we want to justify what we're doing. And we don't, we can't understand, but Jesus said this, he said, when you see the truth, when you listen to him, and here was the difference in the crowd and the disciples, the disciples were with Jesus all the time, and the crowd just came every once in a while. Let me ask you a question. How close is Jesus to you all the time? See, if you're just a Sunday morning Christian, you're just a Christian who watches every once in a while, then let me ask a question. What about tomorrow? See, you'll never, unless God is first and foremost in your life, you'll never quite be able to see. This, this guy goes up to Jesus. He's ready to, to sell out to do what it takes to be able to see. It's like the second point of my thing. The blind man here, he had a desire to see. A desire is more than just saying, hey, I've gone. You know, you know what a lot of us do? And it, even as a pastor, I'm guilty of this. We do what we're doing, like coming to church or preparing a sermon or doing something because we're supposed to. You got up this morning because it's Sunday. You, you, you got dressed and came to church because this is what you always do. Is there a desire in your heart to hear God's Word? Is there a desire in your heart <coughs> to get closer to Him? 
This blind man, he had a desire to see again. And when he heard it was Jesus, and they said, hey, hush, he got louder. Why? Because he wanted to get to Christ. How many of you have a desire to get closer to Christ? I will do whatever it takes. I don't care if it offends anybody in my family. But I'm going to church. I'm going to pray. Hey, I'm going to sing. It don't matter if I can't carry a tune in a bucket. But I'm going to sing loud, proud. It doesn't matter if you don't like it or not. Because I ain't singing for you. I'm singing for the Lord. You know, we, that's our thing about it, is I think some of us, we've lost the desire, and it's just become habit. When it becomes habit, then Satan can get you, rob you of your, your sight, rob you of your joy, and before long, you're just a bump in the law causing other people problems because you've lost your vision, you have none, you have no joy, you have no happiness because there's no desire in your heart. You have no desire in your heart. Let me tell you how to fix it. Get on your knees. Say, God, show me why I've lost my desire. And let me tell you, then be ready. Hang on, because he'll teach you. He'll show you. It, it's a, it, listen, it is a blessing to have desire. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, he said this, Blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness. How many of you ever hungered and thirsted? I, I tell you, on, on, on Sunday mornings, I, I have a, a rough time. I have, I have a medicine I take in the morning. It gives me severe, horrible, dry mouth. I feel like I have took this box of tissue, pulled all of them out, shoved them in my mouth, and tried to speak through it. So I have a desire to drink something. Uh, my mouth, I'm like, man, I, 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 want, ooh, I want moisture bad. How many of you got a desire for God that's like that? I want him bad. I'm not going to be satisfied until I can get closer to him. I'm not going to be satisfied until I can hear his word. I'm not going to be satisfied until I can open his, his book. How many of you got a desire and a hunger to read his word? Because let me tell you, when you do, you're blessed. Jesus said, blessed are they. You know what that means? God pours out his spirit on you. He pours out his blessings on you. And let me tell you, people say, well, well, I'm not rich, but it doesn't matter. You get your idea wrong about what blessings is. You know what a blessing is? It's when you're happy and you're content because you know the Lord. And it don't matter. The problem's going to say, Lord, hey, this problem ain't that bad because I know you're right here with me. Well, the doctor might have come in and told me I'm in a bad shape, but it don't matter because, hey, hey, the alternative of not being alive is to be present with you. And if you want me to be here to, to, to live as Christ, I'll do what I can for you while I'm here. So one day that when I see you, you'll say, welcome home, my good and faithful servant. Not, hey, Steve, you finally made it. I'm glad. You, you, well, how many of you got a desire to, to, to sing praises to them? How many of you got a desire to serve them? Say, well, I don't know what to do, but I'll do whatever you want. Man, because let me tell you, serving him, having a desire, can't be half-hearted. It's got to kind of be a full thing. It's like in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 13, where Jeremiah said this. He said, God said, you shall seek me and find me. This is what God says. You shall seek me and find me when you search for me with your whole heart. God says, you want to know why some of you ain't found me, why some of you ain't got it yet? You ain't sought for him yet. You only halfway did it. That's like, that's like this. Has anybody seen my red book? No. I have looked everywhere. 
We ain't sought for. Sought for is like when you've lost your wallet, you've lost your card, you come in the house, somebody said, what happened? A bomb go off here? No, I've been hunting for my keys. I turned everything upside down. So some of you know exactly what it is. Let me tell you a story. When, when Bree was about this big, she didn't want me to go to work. She took my keys, went into a cabinet, opened the cabinet up, took a pitcher that we put tea in, put it inside that, closed it, put it back in the cabinet, and then forgot about it. An hour before work, I started getting everything ready. I had to take her to babysitter. Julie's at work. Nobody's at home, just me and Bree. And I can't find my keys. I'm looking everywhere. I get into panic mode. The couch is upside down. Things in the closet are thrown out. When Julie, I finally do find them. Don't ask how. I don't know why I thought to look in the cabinet. And I did. I grabbed that picture and I threw it and I heard them. I said, there they go. Woo, I found them. I'm at work that afternoon and the phone rings and they call me and say, Miss Johnson, you got a phone call. I said, hello. And Julie said, what happened? <laughs> I said, I had to search for the keys this morning. I was desperate. How many of you search for God like that? It don't matter what everybody thinks. You're going to find them one way or the other. Search for me. And God said, some of you need to get up and start searching. You might, you might want to just start, hey, hey, Lord, cry out to them. David said in Psalm 40, I cried out. Could you imagine being in the miry clay, being in the muck, and it's sucking your shoes off? I would have probably stopped and prayed. And by the time I got to where the house was destroyed and I couldn't find them, I was praying heavy. It took an awful lot. God got my attention. And I realized from then on, maybe I need to stop. And poor Bree just standing there looking at me like, you crazy, Daddy. Because I could have asked her. I did at one point. She said, and then smiled, and I knew right then she hit him. Let me tell you, sometimes God's looking over at you going, yeah, you, you're trying to handle that on your own. Ask me. Come to me. Seek me. But, oh, we're too busy tearing things apart. Oh, we need to search for him while he's found. We need to look for him. You know, it ought to be all the time. Like Isaiah said in Isaiah 26, verse 9, he said this. He said, with my soul, with my soul, I have desired thee in the night. Yea, with my spirit, I will seek thee early. When thy judgments are on the earth, the inhabitants on the world will learn righteousness. Isaiah said, I'll look for you all the time, God. Not just when it's convenient. Not when I just need you. I need to look all the time. Let me tell you something else I learned about reading about this man he would have been blind if it was not for jesus it took jesus stopping and it took his intervention intervention it took his touch it, it, it it's like it's like the in luke chapter 5 there's a leper says and it came to pass when he was in a certain city behold a man full of leprosy who seeing jesus far off fell on his face besought him saying lord if thou will thou can make me clean and he put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. 
and immediately the leprosy departed from him. Let me tell you, you need a touch of God. Maybe you need to be like the, the woman who had the issue of blood. If I can just touch the hem of his garment, I'll be whole. Some of you, the problem is, is you're like, well, I don't want to get that close to God. When if he wants me to do something? When if he demands? All he says is, seek me. Seek me. Reach out and touch him. Reach out and ask him for him to be in your life a little bit more. You need that touch in your life. You know, maybe you need the voice. You know, if, if, if listen to what it said. Jesus asked him, what will thou shall I do unto thee? It's that voice of God. It's kind of like, it's like when Moses saw the burning bush. And God called out from him from the burning bush. And it says in Exodus chapter 3 and verse 4, And the Lord saw and he turned aside and God called out to him in the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And then you know what Moses finally said? Oh, that bush is talking to me. No, he says, here I am. You realize God's calling out to you this morning? Some of us, he's been trying to get our attention. There's a lot of times he hollers out, Steve, Steve. You know, I can see the burning bush. I can see the seas parting. But I'm not paying attention because I'm more concerned with Steve than I am anything else. But God's saying, Steve, what I need to do is say, here I am. Here I am, Lord, speak to me. He might not speak to me the same way he speaks to butter. He might not speak to Brother Curtis the same way he speaks to butter or speaks to me. But he speaks to all of us. question is, are you listening for that still, small voice? Are you too worried about everything else going on around you? Too worried, caught up in the fires, caught up in the earthquakes to hear God speak to you? Stop every once in a while and say, Lord, here I am. Let me hear from you. And let me tell you, he will talk to you. You will hear that still, small voice. He speaks to everybody a little different. Sometimes it'll be, you, it's amazing how God can do this. You can say, Lord, I just need a little help. I don't know what to do. And you can open up his word and you can find it. You might hear it somewhere. You can sing a song and realize, man, that song was for me. Uh, you might go to sleep and he might give you a dream. Everybody hears from him a little different. But listen for his voice. You know, he, Jesus said this in John chapter 10, verse 27. He said, my sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I'll tell you one thing you can't do, and what this man could not do. You got to have his love. In Romans chapter 5, verse 8 and 9, it said, but God commanded his love towards us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from the wrath through him. You realize God's love is bigger than anything that you face. God's love is bigger than any blindness that you have. He showed it to you because he loved you so much that you, being who you are, he died for you. Me, being who I am, he died for me. I was not worthy and am not worthy of the grace that he gives me, but he pours it out on me all the time. I make mistakes and I do stupid things. It's like I told this, this young person one day, I told him this, I said, hey, God's gave me a job. My job is to love you. 
That's a part of that love means I'm going to protect you. I'm going to be there for you. And when you do stupid things, because we all will, I'm going to be there to pick you up and make sure that you don't do something worse. You see, God's there for me. He's picked me up when I've done stupid things. He has protected me, and He loves me, and He keeps me out of trouble sometimes so that I don't do stupid things. That blind man, God loved him so much that He went and He gave him sight. That man could see when he couldn't before. Some of you need to realize he can give you the sight that you can see what you've missed. He'll unstop your ears so you can hear that love. He'll take away that leprosy, which is a dead feeling in you, and give you the ability to feel his love. That's how much God loves you. You see, for God loves you so much that it does not matter how bad a mistake you make. If you will seek him with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul. And when you do that, so you leave that problem behind. You get away from that sin and you come to him. Some of you this morning need your eyes open. Some of us need our hearts open. God loves you. And I'm here to tell you this. What he is, he's like the prodigal son's father. He's watching to see if you turn back to him. So as we get ready for a, a song of invitation this morning, I'm going to ask you, how's your vision? And how's your desire? Every head bowed, every eye closed. Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come to you this morning, as we humbly seek the throne of grace, Father, Lord, I pray that there's somebody here today, Lord, there might be somebody watching us. Lord, they're, they're blinded to the truth. Lord, they might have malice in their heart. They might have different issues, whatever it is, Lord. I pray right now, Lord, that you open their eyes. Just like this blind man who realized that the one thing he needed that day was not people to feel sorry for him was not the alms that he had come to seek, but he needed Jesus. So, Father, have your way in this invitation. Because, Father, we all need you. In the Lord's name I pray. Amen. As you stand to your feet, we're going to sing page 11 in the Red Book. As we sing, you be obedient to the Holy Spirit.
Well, thank you for coming today. I want to remind you about Wednesday night as we get together to have our family night and our chili cook-off. So if you don't like chili, bring something else. That's fine. We're good with that. Whatever you want to do, just come and enjoy a time of fellowship because that's what it's all about. We start at 6 o'clock downstairs and just have a good time of fellowship. So y'all please remember that. If you're watching, you're more than welcome to come and, and join us. Thank you again for all that you do. I pray that God gives you a wonderful week, and I pray today that truly you can see the truth in God. If you still are struggling with it, the altar is always open until you leave. You can get in the car and start to drive off. We'll still be here a little bit. You can come back in and say, hey, I just need to use the altar. It's here for you. But sometimes, let me tell you, you can pray in your seats, you can do all that, but sometimes when you humble yourself and you come before God, it can be one of the sweetest things that you can do. He said, well, preacher, I can't get down on the floor like I used to. Well, other than Jimmy, there ain't nobody on the front rows. You can come just sit up here and just be quiet. Because I know it's hard getting up and down, and that's why a lot of people don't use the altar. Sometimes just stepping out and letting people know that, hey, I mean business between me and God. Just be obedient to what God tells you. I pray you have a wonderful and blessed week. Brother Curtis, will you close us in prayer this morning? Thank you.